0: Sisters Talk Brothers is a spoiler-filled podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Music credit goes to Hans Adam and their song in the creative commons called Paint the Sky. Driver picks the music, shotgun shuts his cake hole. On with the show. (laughs) howdy do (laughs) welcome to sisters talk brothers where we're not experts heck no we're sisters you need to stop that here to discuss those sweet sweet boys family style please please stop (laughs) oh come on don't you think this accent is lovely oh it's, it's darling it's sober darling you know, whenever I was waiting tables, especially if there were dudes at the table, I would throw on just the sweetest southern drawl I could possibly do. Because who doesn't want to tip a sweet southern girl just a little bit extra money? I mean I mean if it works it works. I don't think it ever worked. I think I was just a terrible server. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I never I never ventured into that line of work because I know myself too well. I would I would not do good as a server.
0: I usually recommend everybody wait tables at least once in their life because you get treated like so much shit and I just don't think you can be a shitty person after being treated that way. It just gives you a whole new perspective on jobs in the world. Mm-hmm. And whenever something goes wrong, you can say you know what it's not that person's fault i know how this goes i'm gonna be calm and relax but you you don't have to worry about <laughs> because you are already just so sympathetic <laughs> and empathetic with everybody around
1: you oh <laughs> uh, yeah i don't think there's ever been a time where i got upset at a, a waitress or a restaurant for something like th- there's a hair or something i'll just pick it out i'll scoop away that section of food and just <laughs> eat the rest. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to bother them with that. I know it's I know it's rough. <laughs> I could get salmonella, but I just don't want to make anybody else unhappy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I, I said no onion, but I can just pick it off. It's not a big deal. I said no peanuts, but you know what? I can just go to the hospital. It's all right. I'm not allergic. <laughs> I was being hyperbolic. Play with me, Hannah. Now you, though, you, you tell you tell people that you're allergic to mayonnaise just because you find it disgusting.
0: It's so disgusting. And when you tell people no mayonnaise, they think mm, it's not a big deal. Everybody, in some manner or another, enjoys mayonnaise. So if we forget the mayonnaise and BD, what else? Like, no, fucking BD. Very, very BD.
1: <laughs> so much BD. I'm a fan, but whatever.
0: Uh, Well, okay. You're not a true millennial, I guess. (laughs) But we're not here to talk about that, Hannah. (laughs) We're not? We're not. We're here to discuss something lighthearted and happy. Yes! Before we dive into this rough, rough episode. Tell me, Hannah. Yes? Who gives you
1: damn sweet kisses? My gaby baby! (laughs) Your gaby baby! Yes, my sweet little boy, Gabriel. <laughs> I said we were discussing sweet, sweet boys today. Did I not? <laughs> <laughs> he is, well, he's a mutt. I'm told he had many fathers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he he looks kind of like... His mama was thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> um, he, uh, he looks like a long-haired black lab. He's got a kind of mm-hmm. like wavy hair like his ears and tail are long and wavy and he's gorgeous like all black um there's some brown around his knees i don't know what what would be knees on the hind legs um (laughs) (laughs) he is named gabriel off of the archangel trickster loki from supernatural
0: i was low-key hoping you were gonna say you named him gabriel because of some other source
1: material, just for the irony of the fact that we're doing a show. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, to be honest, let's be honest. Back when I thought of, you know, hey, when I have kids one day, Gabriel was a name that I had decided on if if I ever had a boy. It was Joshua Gabriel mm-hmm. is what I had decided on. And And then I was really big into Supernatural and I got a dog and still gabriel i mean my favorite angel is castiel but a little too on the nose a little too on the nose you know and i probably would have felt weird about calling my dog Cass. but gabe is my sweet little baby boy my little gabby baby so kendall tell me about the sweet joy in your life besides your wife
0: my baby girl i never thought i'd have a baby girl in fact, when my wife and I were simply dating, she wanted to get a dog. And I said, no way, Jose. Dogs are so much work and responsibility. And they're all in your face all the time. Mm-hmm. And you take taken for a box. And it's so much work. And I just blah, blah, Yeah. I used to think I could have kids. <laughs> However, when we were apart, because I believe I mentioned last episode, the whole duty versus love. Yeah, we broke up for a while because of duty versus love. While we were a broken, she went and adopted a dog. And we got back together. And I said, okay, well, I'm not going to make you give up your dog. I'm awful, but I'm not that much of a bitch. (laughs) And I stayed with her and I got to know her dog. And for a while, it was a very clear, she is your dog. And I am the stepmom. But then my wife, she had to go away for a little while, do work and stuff. And I'd be home alone with this dog. And I can't be mean to a living animal. That's that's just mean. So I would give the dog love. And I would take her for walks. And I would let her run and I would tell the people don't be mean to my dog she's a sweetheart and slowly but surely she became my dog the first dog I think I have ever actually genuinely loved and she has all black fur but that's starting to go white now because she's getting older and she has crystal blue eyes and she is some sort of husky mix because she got rescued out of a field somewhere and nobody knows exactly how old she is and when my wife found her she named her Xena because my wife is obsessed with Xena like a good lesbian should be. <laughs> and <laughs> she's not even a lesbian, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think Xena became truly mine after the first few times I started taking her out by myself, and every person we come across when she's out wants to stop and tell me how beautiful she is, and I just get so proud and I'm like, "Yes, my dog is Xena is legitimately gorgeous." Mm. I just love her. I've even started letting... Hannah, this is how much I love Xena. I've started letting her give me kisses. Mm. Yep. Wow. And I let her sleep on the bed. <gasps> yep. Yep. Wow. Mostly because she gets very scared by noises. And up here in the northy places, these northy, coldy places that don't have centralized heat and air... Uh, whenever the radiators click on in the wintertime, they kind of clang a little bit and it scares her. And <laughs> she comes running to her mom. He's like,
1: please keep me safe from the noises. I see. Gabe has become stubbornly independent. So he does not want to stay in the room with me at night because I keep mm. the door shut. And he likes to be able to leave whenever he wants.
0: Nah. yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, all right, well, This was supposed to be a quick little happy topic, (laughs) and while it's very happy to talk, I think we're a little too happy to talk about our babies. (laughs) Yes.
1: All right. Let's get into the show. With Season 1, Episode 14, Nightmares. We get our first previously on with actual relevance. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah.
0: (laughs) Hallelujah! (laughs)
1: Hallelujah! (laughs) By the recap, we know this is a Sam centric episode. We get flashbacks of Sam's new and developing powers. See, I also made note of the recap for the first and only time because (laughs) it was actually relevant.
0: (laughs) It was actually relevant. We actually have the previously on instead of. 22 years ago. Yes. One day, one day, we'll have a very just succinct then. I love the brevity of
1: then. Mm Mm-hmm. One day. All right, we start out. A man drives up to his parking garage at night. The door closes on its own behind him, and he's like, whoa. The the car doors (laughs) lock. The engine begins revving. The car in the garage filled with exhaust fumes, and he tries to break out, but no dice. He doesn't even kick very hard. I'm just saying. He was already weak. (laughs) He was already weak from the fumes. Oh, the vapors. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He dies, and we cut to Sam waking up. But I mean, to me, it didn't really look like he was waking up. It looked like he was just, like, laying there with his eyes open, having this vision.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I did wonder if maybe the... Nighttime visions are starting to hurt a little, so he was already kind of waking up. Mm-hmm. They filmed that weird. Yeah. I think that's a them choice, not a our problem.
1: He freaks out and wakes up Dean, and they immediately get on the road. He gets on the phone to start figuring out who and where this guy is, and Dean tries to calm him down, saying it probably won't even check out. Um, But they arrive in Saginaw, Michigan, which is a real place, Mm -hmm. just in time to see a body being carried away from the house. I love that Dean goes along anyway without much of an explanation.
0: I was talking about this last episode, though, wasn't I? Where Mm -hmm. Sam doesn't put up a lot of a fight as, like, he's saying... See, Dean? Like, (laughs) we can just trust each other and go along. And so here, Dean is saying like, okay, I'm trusting you. We're going. It's weird, but we're going. (laughs) As to the man in the car, this is why you carry those little glass-shattering hammers in your car. Yes. Just for, I mean, typically it's for when your car goes underwater, but also for moments like these. Yeah, you never know. You don't ever know. You never never know. know when you'll get trapped in your car.
1: I mean, I I would not be able to break one of those windows. <laughs> like, just slamming my elbow in it. I would break my elbow.
0: <laughs> oh, ow. okay, I would not use my elbow. I would definitely use my feet. I've never tried, but I feel like at this point in my life, in my 32 years of living, I've never yet shattered glass. <laughs> so, probably not gonna happen. Ever. On purpose. Saying. <laughs> In the car when they're driving, and Sam's making all these phone calls to get information. It's funny how Sam is just okay doing the legal shit when it's him and his idea. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay... He, he has a... I don't understand, because later he makes another line of, this is pretty low. Like, sometimes he's okay with doing things to save lives, and other times he's not okay with doing things to save lives. And it seems like he's not okay doing things to save lives when it's not his idea. I mean, I would say that both of them have kind of skewed morals. But I feel like Dean is, at this point in the show, Dean is the one that is more set... And comfortable with his morals. And Sam, later Sam, has figured himself out. This
1: Sam... And and right now he's kind of testing the waters on his morals. Like, that's bad. But in this case, it has to be done. Well, that's bad. But in this case, it has to be...
0: Yeah. I would have given you shit for this five episodes ago. But now it's important, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So. And timey-wimey stuff. (laughs) Dean says it's a couple hours of driving to wherever they're going, which is like 15 minutes for Dean, I guess. If mm-hmm. <laughs> we are following the track record of previous episodes, but also where were they driving before Sam got the information?
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you uh what's a couple hours from Michigan? Saginaw? Uh, <laughs> you know what I actually didn't research that. <laughs> but it's <laughs> not like
0: Dean know- it's not like Dean knew to be heading to <gasps> Okay, nope, I just figured it out. Yeah. Sam saw the license plate and he knew it was a Michigan license plate. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Dean was heading in the direction of Michigan and then specifically knew which city to go once Sam got the information. Okay,
1: all right, got it. We figured it out. Or you, you we figured, figured it, out. it
0: out. I thought Dean was doing just figure eights in the motel parking lot. <laughs> like, we're <we'll> go <laughs> going, Sam. We're going. I just don't. I don't know where yet, Sam. <laughs> We get our latest title card ever at the end, once they see the body being brought out. hmm And after, they hang around the crime scene with the rest of the rubbernecks, and they learn about the victim and his death from a neighbor. He was apparently an upright, normal guy, went to church and all that hoop-de-doo. And we learn he went to St. Augustine, hmm. which you know what that means. At least in the eyes of his neighbors. He committed suicide. He's not going to heaven.
1: Ah, okay. I was like, St. Augustine, St. Augustine. That's not the same. He's
0: Catholic, (laughs) and as far as I know, Catholicism holds that suicide is an unforgivable... I don't understand how there are unforgivable sins, but apparently in the Catholic world...
1: Well, it's like throwing away the gift that God gave you or something.
0: No, I understand that, but anyways, he's going to hell. (laughs) After they get this information from the neighbor, they step away, and Sam takes a minute to feel guilty... Because
1: he feels responsible and guilty.
0: Feels responsible. What was the point of me having the vision if I couldn't stop it? I was not able to affect any change. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, what's the point of visions if they're not supposed to warn you so you can stop things?
1: Right? Mm -hmm. Because it it happened exactly like his dream and exactly when he had it. Exactly.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They briefly discuss, could this be natural instead of supernatural? But, again, Sam points out, I'm having fucking premonitions. That's not natural.
1: Yeah, I'm like, Dean, you know better.
0: (laughs) He was able to predict the time and a place of a person's death. Come on. Yeah, I mean, obviously. So, they need to find a way to talk to this family, and Dean has an idea. I did want to say real quick though. At this point, Dean makes a, says a line about "you look like shit." Oh, I gotta say,
1: you look like crap.
0: <laughs> but they didn't put any effort into making Sam look like shit at all. In fact, I had to wonder in this scene if Sam shaved before going to bed because Dean's got some scruff on him, mm-hmm. but Sam is baby smooth. <laughs> <laughs> so what is what is Sam's personal timeline in this fucked up timescape we live in in Supernatural? <laughs> Where at midnight, after a two-hour drive, after waking up in a panic, he is still just, you know, just want to rub your hands all up and down his smooth face.
1: (laughs) I feel like Dean always has this kind of five o'clock shadow, just like perfectly sculpted, but we, we never see him maintaining it. Rarely.
0: We rarely ever, ever, ever see Sam with Scruff.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: Okay, I think Sam keeps a little portable razor like one of those electric ones in his pockets it just touches it up throughout he the just day. touches up throughout the day exactly when he goes to the bathroom when dean is blasting too loud music in the car he's like i'm gonna bzzz next to you and fuck up your music while i <laughs> clean up my scruff ah <sighs> okay yeah that's all i had to say <laughs> i just wanted to talk to scruff for a minute <laughs> it's good scruff good scruff good scruff, s- good
1: scruff. <laughs> that's some, that's some good
0: scruff right there <laughs>
1: so they show up the next day dressed like priests got to be all new low for us claiming to be new pastors at the church that the victim attended and i really i really love their costumes here i especially mm-hmm. love the uh, bloopers where they just they have the sleeves off and they say they're from chippendale's <laughs> <laughs> dean says things he thinks sound holy Some
0: difficult times like these when the lord's guidance is most needed well,
1: and he eats a bunch of little cocktail weenies. I think this is where we first get excessive eating Dean, and I love it. Mm-hmm. That poor baby just wants some food in his belly. Yes. Sam is irritated because they clearly roleplayed this earlier, and he's not following the script. <laughs> Sam soft voices the son, Max, it's okay. while Dean quizzes the mom about their home. It's not going anywhere, so he excuses himself to scan the house, but gets nothing. The conversation that Sam has with Max to me is unnerving because he looks off when he's like stating the fact and after every fact he says, he looks Sam dead in the eye, almost like daring to question his story.
0: And it's interesting that he doesn't technically lie.
1: No, it's just because the way people say that, you know, you should look someone in the eye when... You're wanting to convince them, but he can't look Sam in the eye when he's saying it, Mm -hmm. but he looks at him dead in the eye after each statement, and it was just, it made my skin crawl. It was just weird.
0: This actor was very good for the role he was cast. Oh, yeah.
1: Phenomenal. And also, Dean's gotten a bit higher tech on his EMF meter. What the and, and,
0: fuck is this thing that we never fucking see again? An EMF thermal scanner? Are you kidding infrared me?
1: Infrared thermal scanner. Yes. So fancy.
0: So they basically just combined Sam's video camera and Dean's
1: Walkman. <laughs> yes, that's that's what they did. Uh,
0: I I did think it was odd that this wife who has witnessed her husband being an alcoholic and abusive as shit thinks why would this person commit suicide? They're so happy. <laughs> this is normal, right? Like, oh, she has issues. She's a fucked up person. Oh yeah. And where did they overnight these priest costumes from? <laughs> Am Amazon was still a bookseller at this time. Was Party City a thing? I don't know. I I'm just saying, these boys work in mysterious ways.
1: They work
0: in mysterious ways <laughs> every episode is musical with us it has to be back at their motel room dean is cleaning his guns like all of them all of his guns it it he's taking up both beds and it's beautiful <laughs> it it looks like such a soothing thing for him yes the way he goes about cleaning his guns it makes me think about me and knitting mm-hmm. like it's something you can do while talking to other people but it's something that's just so soothing the
1: repetitive motion yeah it it really it makes me yearn for the bunker for him because this is it's such a you know this is my space this is my time but he doesn't have his own space right it's it's just it's just another room another motel and yeah. like the way he's just so comfortable in this, you know, relaxing at home activity. It it makes me want the bunker for him so much.
0: Uh, I love that episode where we first see that he set up his room as his own, and he's so proud (laughs) of his... He's nesting!
1: (laughs) He's (laughs) nesting!
0: His first bedroom! (laughs) Yes! So they're talking about just how perfectly normal and clean this house was. They couldn't find anything. There was no sulfur, there were no EMFs. I noticed though, they didn't check for ozone. <laughs> I didn't hear Dean mention ozone. What about the ozone, Dean? Did you smell any ozone? I don't smell any ozone in here. Also, they keep mentioning poltergeists. <sighs> I don't care so much as much as I care. <laughs> Yeah? Because they mention poltergeists so much in this first season that I can't help notice it. Especially in the context of the series at large where I don't think we ever meet another fucking poltergeist ever again. Yeah. They mention it so much in season one that you think they're like the ghosts of the supernatural world. Like, oh, we got another poltergeist. <laughs> we know how to handle that. Yeah, we
1: really only have the the one that I can think of. Season 15. There'll be
0: a poltergeist. Just you wait. <laughs> Anyways, Sam starts experiencing a migraine that morphs into a vision of Max's Mm -hmm. uncle getting decapitated by a window. Not
1: a (sighs) wendigo. Not a
0: wendigo, just a regular old window. And I know they didn't mean for this to be the thought that comes out of a person's head when watching this scene. But all I could think was, what kind of fucking contortionist is Roger that he's able to do that kind of fucking back bend to get his head out of the window like that.
1: <laughs> he's doing some major yoga shit. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. The camera angles of this scene and the scene in the garage, it makes you think that someone or something else is there. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know that it was Max the whole time, but I don't know how far his telekinesis? Yeah, telekinesis. I don't know how far that stretches. With mind bullets. <laughs> That's, That's
0: telekinesis, telekinesis Kyle. Kyle. <sighs> So now that him have another vision, they have to rush off. And Sam is back on the phone, illegally obtaining private information like it's NBD, when it's clearly the biggest BD. Sam panics, probably because he's becoming one of the things they usually hunt. (laughs) And Dean, again, is trying to calm his brother down. And it's interesting that at the at the top of the episode he says I'm worried about you, but the more Sam freaks out about what's happening to him, the more reassuring Dean gets.
1: Oh yeah, and he says that about the upholstery. Don't throw up in my car because of the upholstery. Mm-hmm. But he said you know that he would stop and pull over. But honestly, he said he would stop. Well, I don't know what you're saying. He said he would stop and pull over
0: a full beat. Before he clarifies, oh, because of like upholstery reasons, of
1: course. Right, because he would honestly rather not take Sam to whatever is happening, but he also needs to know so that he can protect Sam from whatever it is. Mm. What? (laughs) Okay, so he, he, he would rather not take Sam anywhere near that place. What place? But he also, where, he, he would rather not take Sam there to where the uncle just got killed or is about to get killed why he doesn't want sam anywhere near this stuff but he also needs to know like he keeps trying to calm sam down Oh. and like well maybe it's nothing maybe it's a coincidence you know hey we don't have to go there at all
0: he's hoping and praying that his brother isn't actually psychic
1: yes because he's so worried he doesn't want it to be true
0: Okay. Yes. Because he's also freaking out internally because Sam is becoming one of the things they usually hunt.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. I was just saying, I like how normally Dean would be the one freaking out like, you're becoming a fucking monster. But because it's his little brother, he is... It has to be anything but that. Exactly. He's being the calm one. As they arrive, They see the uncle just walking up to his door, so they got there in time. Awesome. They try to stop him, but believing they are unusually persistent ministers, (laughs) Roger locks them out. I mean, hey. (laughs) These are some really fucking zealous Mormons. Jeez. (laughs) I gotta barricade the door to keep them from preaching to me the word of the Lord. I did love in this moment that Dean cries out, Roger, you're in danger. In that line, we know that Dean is completely bought in. Sam's visions are coming true. They are for real. Whether he Mm -hmm. wants to believe it or not, you know? Yes. So the boys run up the fire escape and they make it just in time for the Home Depot guillotine. (laughs) And oh my gosh, they ran up. (laughs) Home Depot guillotine. (laughs) Thank you. They ran up. So many fucking stairs. So many stairs that I went back to find the address that Sam gave to Dean. And he's in apartment 1120. That means he's on the on the 11th floor. So they had to climb up 10 flights of stairs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> to get up to his apartment. That's 10 flights of stairs they had to run and 10 flights of stairs they
1: need to wipe clean. <laughs> man, they gotta be doing PT in the mornings or something. Like, they've... Something. man. I do have to say though, the whole time I'm watching them ramp the
0: stairs, all I can think is from last episode, Dean, you're wanted, Dean, you're wanted, Dean, you're wanted. (laughs) Oh my gosh, the fingerprints around a dead man. And the moment Dean said to Sam to wipe the prince, the the whole cross of Jesus, I was like, oh
1: my gosh, thank you. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I was so glad that (gasps) he thought to wipe the prince because at least one of them is in the system. Yeah.
0: And at least one of them is thinking right now about anything other than,
1: I'm psychic now! <laughs> also, at this point,
0: Max is clearly in the house, right? In Sam's vision, he was able to see a dark shadow. Mm. But they don't bother to explain how he left without- Because they took the time to have Dean saying, I'm going inside. So maybe they thought they were going to do
1: a quick scene sh- inside. Maybe there's a deleted scene. no. Here's a here's a good point to tell you that I did check the deleted scenes and there was only two of them, and it was just like unfinished CGI work with the floating knife and the floating gun. I mean, it was a little gorier with the knife going through her eyeball, uh, but uh, it was already gory enough. But yeah, it, there was there wasn't much in the way of deleted scenes.
0: Well, shit. Because they make a point of Dean's going inside. And I'm like, shit, son, why? (laughs) Uh, You're worried about Prince, and now you're just going to add more DNA to the crime scene? Anyways. (laughs) I felt like they were saying that so that we, the viewer, could be like, oh, he's going to catch Max. But no. Nope. Anyways. Max just slipped out magically, I don't know. Walking back to the car, they determine that these two cases are definitely related, <laughs> if only because Sam had visions of both, but it has to be, whatever it is, it has to be on the family, and not the location. So, maybe a curse. So, they go to protect Max, and Sam is all like, I know what me and Max have in common. Both our families are cursed. Ugh.
1: And Dean's like, our family's not cursed. And I'm just like, well, you have no idea. No,
0: technically, <laughs> technically his family is not cursed. Uh, unless unless you count 28 years of bad mirror luck. Then
1: yes. Well, you have the 28 years of bad mirror luck. You have the bloodline plot of technically, them. Technically,
0: that would be considered a blessing. <laughs> yeah, depending on, on your perspective. <laughs> That's not a, I'm going to put a curse on you, or you angered me. I mean,
1: it's not a a curse as in the family has been cursed, but, I mean, the family has been manipulated for generations to have them as the product.
0: Okay, well, I I can say that Cain and Abel, the original brothers, were cursed. That's where the curse started. That was the original curse. (sighs) That's where the curse started. Now, this does bring to mind the whole Mark of Cain bullshit that happened seasons later. Wouldn't that have just nullified on Dean, considering he's a descendant of Cain? I, I don't know. They never address, after season five, I think, the fact that we know for a fact these two brothers are descended from Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. Even though we had a whole plotline devoted to the Mark of Cain and Dean taking it. hmm That's some bullshit.
1: Yeah, it's a little sloppy. It's a little sloppy.
0: Maybe he was more powerful because he was of the blood of Cain. Yes. Okay. That's how he was able to beat up so many demons.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's so powerful, he got them big muscles. <laughs>
1: <sighs> so, we get back to Max's, and they're dressed as priests again. Uh, they quiz Max about his childhood, trying to suss out what the curse could be. Max is a little too cookie-cutter in his answers, so... They go find his old neighborhood.
0: When they're talking to Max, Max gets really bitchy about the casseroles, right? Which. <laughs> <sighs> and this upset me. Okay, if we were to believe that Max were actually grieving, I would understand his snark here. I am at my snarkiest when I'm mourning, mm-hmm. right? Like, don't even fucking bother talking to me. There is literally nothing you can say that I won't just take offense to. <laughs> There's nothing you can give me. I would think. Except for casserole. But in this instance, he's not grieving. He's just being an asshole about casserole, which is probably the best and sweetest and most thoughtful funeral tradition. Do you know why?
1: Uh, Because everyone likes to eat when they're
0: mourning. Because when you are mourning, when you are depressed, Mm -hmm. do you want to leave your bed to go make food? No. Do you even think about where your food's going to come from? No. And when you get to your kitchen, there's no food there. Do you or do you not just go back to your bed and say, fuck it? Fuck it. Exactly. So what is a food that is all of the major food groups in one lasts for fucking ever and is easy to heat up? Casserole. Casserole. So all these people bringing casserole on the horrible days of mourning that are hopefully in my very, 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 very distant future, I hope I get a plethora of casserole.
1: Would you say I have a plethora?
0: Would you say I have a plethora? See, you have a plethora of casserole.
1: I mean, I liked it because there is this awkwardness about funerals sometimes. Like, if you're not as emotionally tied to the deceased as others, then mm. there's this awkwardness, and it's like, um, thanks for the food. Because there's nothing you can yeah. do or say. There, there are, everyone is searching for the right words, and it's like, uh, here's a casserole.
0: And that's why I love a casserole, because with a casserole, you don't need to say words. You can say, my condolences, and drop off the food. Don't speak, just <laughs> eat. Don't speak, just eat my casserole. <laughs> I made it just for you. Because you're sad. Here's some good fucking food. (laughs) Yeah. Also, why did the story have
1: them move out of that neighborhood five years ago? I don't know. Okay. All right. But them interrogating Max, he was barely holding it together, and I was really impressed with the actor yet again. So they find a neighbor in the old neighborhood that tells them a horrifying story about how abusive this family was to Max. And this man gives them all the information they need. About this time, Sam gets another migraine that morphs into a vision of Max attacking his mom, now revealed to be his stepmom, because she let the abuse happen. So now they know what has been causing the death, so it's time to name that monster. That monster. Hannah? Yes, Kindle.
0: Our monster this week is child abuse. That was the only conclusion I could come to.
1: Yeah, I was... I didn't know how we were gonna... I'm glad.
0: Holy shit, I literally just started tearing up a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's not a laughing matter at this point. Okay, guys, the show just got serious. (laughs) Child abuse is a very serious, serious issue. Nobody in this episode would have died if this child hadn't been tortured to this point. Yes. So, let's talk very briefly about child abuse, because this is supposed to be a fun show. (laughs) All right, by the definition, by federal law, child abuse is any recent act or failure to act on the part of a parent or caretaker which results in death, serious physical or emotional harm, sexual abuse, or exploitation, or an act or failure to act which presents an imminent risk of serious harm. So even if it looks like they might be hurting a child. Yes. That's, that's not fucking okay. And note that this failure to act means neglect is included in child abuse. So what should you do if you suspect child neglect and or abuse? You should contact your state's Child Protective Services. The guy in the show says he called the police a bunch of times. I didn't look into this so much, but I don't think the police are able to do a lot of things about probable cause. Child Protective Services can. Protecting children is enough cause for them. To find your state's CPS, you can call 1-800-4-A-CHILD. That's the letter sorry, the number 4, or numerically one 422 4453 And it should be noted that in some states, you are a mandatory reporter, which means you can be held accountable for saying nothing. So if you have a suspicion, no matter how vague it may be, trust your gut and please, please, please make the report. It's better that we all know the child is safe than living with the what-ifs. I do have personal experience. At one school I was working at, one day cops showed up and somebody at our school had made a mandatory report. Because as a teacher, you are Mm -hmm. a mandatory reporter. And I don't know what came of it. I do know that it was concerns about the father. And I don't think anything came of it because the child was with the father a year or so later. So apparently the father still had some custody. But that year or so later, the reason why the child was with the father was because the father was pulled over for drunk driving while the child was <clears throat> buckled in the backseat of the car. And the father had a whole bag, 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 bag full of little airplane bottles of Jesus. vodka and was driving down the interstate with his child in the back seat. So even though it didn't go through... Somebody had a gut feeling at the school, reported it, and that gut feeling was right. So even if, I'm just just saying, like, trust your gut is what I'm saying. Yeah. Even if nothing comes of it, even if you think you might be wrong, it's better to know the child is safe. It's better to have it investigated and know 100%. All right, fuck, fine, they're safe. Great, awesome. (laughs) I'm glad they're fucking safe. So, yeah. ugh, It's such a personal matter for me. But it should be a personal matter for everybody because we're all responsible for all the children around us. And
1: so, yay, fun. That concludes (laughs) Name That Monster. So, Sam fills Dean in and connects the dot. Dean is again pro-killing humans, but Sam insists that Dean being a good guy and stick to only killing monsters. Sam is taking point on this case, and Dean packs a gun anyway. They bust through the door, just as Max is about to reveal his powers and murderous intentions to his stepmom. Sam quickly asks to speak to Max outside, and it almost works, but Max spots Dean's gun, so he's mad now. He locks the house down, disarms Dean, and slams stepmom against the kitchen counter like knocks her the fuck out. Sam talks Max down, explaining how he too has powers. He gets Max to speak with him alone and allow Dean to take care of the stepmom.
0: This did make me think that (laughs) you should never take a gun into a telekinesis fight. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) I bet Dean was really wishing he were a few years in the future and had that bungee cord advice. (laughs) Yes. And I kept referring to stepmom as stepmom because we didn't get her name until this scene and her name is Alice. Yeah, whatever. I know. Um, I I just think it's weird how sometimes we don't get information on names.
1: Yeah. I mean, I will say that I do like this actress. She played mm-hmm. Aunt Zelda in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, shit. How do we keep forgetting to
0: mention that? Yes. Well. Oh, actually, uh, the mom in last episode also had a brief guest starring role in Sabrina. That's weird. Yeah. We have two
1: Sabrina actresses in a row. She's the more, this is the more important one. But I just wanted to point out, while I didn't like her character, the actress is a wonderful woman. She was also in at least one episode of Matlock that I saw at work. (laughs) I only recognized her because of her voice. Her voice is so distinct.
0: Yes, she does have such a good voice. And she is a fantastic actress. Yes. To the point where there are so many moments in this episode where I had to stop myself and remind myself about what a horrible person this character is. Yes. Because she made you want to sympathize with her so much. She did. She did. That's how good of an actress she was.
1: One, I feel like her head would have been bleeding more than that because we all know that head wounds bleed profusely.
0: We all know that?
1: Well, I know that. I mean, I know
0: that. (laughs) Well, we know that. Does everybody know that? Is that common knowledge? (laughs) (laughs) You just wanted her to bleed more. Well, this is what you deserve. (laughs) So when they go to speak alone, we learn that Max's abuse
1: continued through to the present day. So, ugh. the The way he says first time in a long time. And then repeats that. Mm-hmm. Dad gets drunk. First time in a long time. And he beats me to hell. First time in a long time. That, I don't know if it was the actor or the writers, but there was something very profound about that. And it, it it really hit me. And
0: it also, I think what was so powerful about that line is it implies that it has been, he hasn't been abused consistently into his adulthood Mm -hmm. but it takes nothing for him to be
1: right back there
0: exactly and how how true that is Ugh, this this episode fuck a good uh i'm not good but a, a strong moment in this scene is when max asks if he can imagine his father looking at him with hate in his eyes and Sam honestly being like, no, John has never looked at him with hate in his eyes. And that's the first moment I think of, well, Sam's been growing a lot in his relationship with his father throughout these episodes as he interacts with other people who know John and getting to know John as an adult through Dean as an adult and getting to know John through their shared loss of their significant others. Mm-hmm. But I think this is the first time Sam is coming to realize that for all that John is a truly shitty father, in this way he did not fuck
1: up. Well, cuz I mean, John John is stubborn and John is angry, but he he didn't hate Sam.
0: He loved his sons. He was Absolutely. just very
1: bad at loving them.
0: <laughs> yeah. He wanted to have them learn lessons. He just did not know the right way to have children learn lessons. <laughs> He treated them like soldiers and not children. Um also in this conversation it is revealed that Max's mother died in exactly the same way that Mary did. Whoa. Yep, here we
1: go. We got the the big connection right here.
0: And boom goes the dynamite, the actual plot of the show finally begins. Mm-hmm. Only in Max's case, his dad turned to alcohol and alcohol alone instead of alcohol and lore. <laughs> I do hate in this scene though. Oh, I got I got mad at Sam in this scene because Max is listing all the things that his father blamed him for, and the only thing Sam questions is him being blamed for his mother's death, as though everything else it's rational for this child to be blamed for. Right. That mm, that made me mad. Sam tries to bring Max over to their team, weirdly saying, "We were chosen." Instead of, based on the facts, randomly selected by nature or whatever. I mean, he was right, though. He was right, but he shouldn't know that. It's weird. Maybe he's already, like, syncing up with a Zazel or something. (laughs) He already feels the
1: connection. Yeah. It's like, this is really important, you guys. Yeah, I can feel like, oh, we're
0: vibing right now. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh. But Max needs to get rid of his stepmom. And the speech he gives here about the fear he lives in is, this actor makes the emotion almost tangible. Yes. It's, uh, you get mad at Sam for not accepting and understanding the breadth
1: and depth of Max's pain here. I mean, Sam, Sam does make a good point, and and if it were anybody else, this probably would have worked, but... That fear is so deep. It's too powerful. Yeah. It's too ingrained. He cannot simply just walk away from this. He can't. One does not simply walk into Mordor. Okay? Exactly. Because, I mean, he's... what, What does he expect? That they're just gonna, you know, adopt Max and go on the road together and find the thing that killed both their moms? No. Because life... On the road is is not even enough for Sam and Dean to cope with their traumas. And so it would be nowhere near the ballpark in helping Max.
0: I do think that was Sam's plan, though, that they just adopt Max. Just based off the evidence of everybody else they adopt along the way of the show. <laughs> but Max needs to get rid of his stepmom. So since Sam is not cooperating, he locks Sam inside a closet. Before heading upstairs to Alice and Dean. Dean bravely puts himself in front of the woman, and he gets shot for it, and boom! This is the second time Sam sees his brother die.
1: Yes! The the first being his dark double. Yes. His dark <laughs> double.
0: <laughs> we cut back to Sam, and we see that this was actually just a really fast vision, so lucky. <laughs> Recalling back to the first time I watched this series, though, I do think this was a moment I was like, shit, they just did that. (laughs) In his panic, Sam's powers become stronger and he uses them to free himself from the locked closet.
1: Sam activated a new power! (laughs) Demon powers activate! Power (laughs) of
0: panic! Yep, yep. He dashes to where everyone is, banging the door open just as the gun would bang.
1: Yeah, it's a wonder that Max didn't pull the trigger on reflex just when the door bursted open.
0: Seriously, I thought Dean was dead anyways. (laughs) Even on the rewatch, I was like, maybe I forgot a resurrection of Dean because, man, he is able... To soft voice, one last time. It's okay. Only the effect isn't what he wanted, and bye, bye, Max. Yeah. It's interesting how an episode that begins with a faked suicide ends, it ends with a, real, with a real, one. real
1: suicide. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sucks because we know what he went through and why he went through it.
0: Mm-hmm. He deserved healing, not death.
1: I mean, he he deserved better, but as far as, like, you know, this is a supernatural show about these two brothers. It's not about Max, so that was the only way they could work it out was for him to kill himself, and that's sad. They
0: let the other demon kids live, though. Eh. I mean, to a certain extent. Eh.
1: (laughs) I just, I wish there had been another way to resolve that, but I understand narratively why they did that.
0: They needed to leave this string dangling a little while longer. They couldn't give Sam all the answers right away. Right. Yeah. So, narratively, they had to cut off this potential lead and just leave him wondering,
1: as we'll see in the next section. <laughs> Okay, so the stepmother explains what happened to the cops. She is sad, but no one watching feels all that bad. I mean, you almost feel sorry for her, but then like you said, you know, you remember she was real shitty.
0: She has that line of, I've lost everyone. And the only way I can feel sympathy for her is if... I extend the abuse to her mm. and think that she was
1: in an abusive relationship. I, that's the only way I can think about it is that she didn't stand up and say anything because she was also afraid.
0: Right. But that still doesn't...
1: And it's still shitty because, like, as an adult, it is your job to protect children. That's what I'm saying.
0: She still was a shitty mother. Yes. Or just a shitty adult. To this child. I, it's it's complicated, but I don't think we can just excuse her character. Right. Even if she has lost everything. Maybe now she will have a better life now that she's lost everything, but I think she has lost some of the worst parts of her life.
1: Hmm. The boys walk out and Sam is feeling guilty again, but is reassured by Dean. He realizes just how lucky he is that blah 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 blah, blah, blah. he, relie- he- <laughs> yeah he relieves he, reala- <laughs>
0: he relieves himself right
1: in front of Dean? I mean I knew ew, he was doing ew, better without the ew, diapers, ew, but jeez. <laughs> he realizes just how lucky he is that his father embraced the truth, which is a shocking statement coming from Sam. Yeah. He doesn't realize how lucky he is to have Dean to raise him, as evidenced by the next scene where the discussion continues. Sam wonders about how he and Max and Jess were all connected. Dean basically tells him to stop being so self-absorbed. He wants to keep it simple, but it can't be simple. Sam isn't keeping secrets anymore, revealing his growing abilities and his fears that he'll go down the same paths as Max. Dean points out that Sam has something to keep him from going dark, that... Max didn't have. Sam's first guess is John, but the answer is Dean. Dean cracks wise, but as the camera fades out, we see that glimmer of worry in Dean's eyes. He is so worried! But I I, I, I wanted to point out, this is one of the few times that they actually tell each other things. Like, yeah. Sam is forthcoming with, hey, this weird stuff is going on, and I'm having visions, and I do something new now.
0: And... I love that there is some subtle foreshadowing here, because Sam honestly doesn't go down the same dark path as Max because of Dean. Yes. He starts to, but that's only because Dean was trapped Dean was in hell dead. for a year. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, Dean was dead. I mean, he, he didn't really... So it's
0: it's a good scene here in that Sam's fears, for all that we're watching going, Sam, you weren't, like, you were abused in the terms of, like, neglect, but you weren't abused the same extent that he was, not to undermine the abuse you went through. But you obviously don't have the same history or mental state as Max, so you're not going on that path. Right. And turns out Sam's fears were valid because without Dean and with those temptations of power in his path, he did end up going a little dark. Yes, he did. And I... I loved a lot of what Dean was going through in this scene. Because, again, he's still trying to be supportive. He's trying to be reassuring. Does give this line where he says, I'm sure it won't happen again.
1: He says he's sure, but he's
0: not. Well, it made me feel squicky, kind of. Like, it was a very accept the sinner and not the sin kind of line. Mm Mm-hmm. Where this is something that's perfectly natural happening to Sam, but at this point in the series with her black and white view, what's happening to Sam is evil in their eyes,
1: you know? In Dean's eyes.
0: In Dean's eyes especially, but in Sam's eyes too, Sam's freaking the fuck out.
1: He's like, I'm gonna go dark side just like Max did, because we both have the same powers, but Mm -hmm. I'm exactly the same. And
0: that line of, I'm sure it won't happen again, I just...
1: It's wishful thinking. It hurt my soul a little bit though, because just... I don't know. I mean, Sam doesn't have any control over whether or not it'll happen again.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a useless platitude and it's just gonna make Sam feel more guilty when it does happen again. Yeah. You know? I think if I were Dean and you were Sam, my reassurance would be, well, if it happens again, I will be here.
1: Yeah. And I'd be like, no, you totally are worried. I can see it all over your fucking face. You are just as scared as I am.
0: Well, of course I'm scared, but I'm going to be there for you and we are going to make it because there's nothing we can't overcome, okay? Family style. <laughs> Family style. Uh, real quick though, real quick. Mm. The cops ask about that gun. You know, Dean's purdy gun with a white handle. Mm-hmm. So they have it now, right? Uh, yep. <laughs> but I feel like we see that gun in the future. The one with the white he handle. He gets
1: another Desert Eagle. <laughs> Or do they break into the station before leaving town to get it back? Man, Dean is so (laughs) sentimental. I'm sure he did break in and get his gun back. I can't leave my gun. I can't leave my car. I can't leave my shoes.
0: I can't can't leave leave my my brother. brother. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Hannah, do you have some
1: themes? I have themes. Give me one theme. Dean worrying about Sam. <gasps> uh, his baby brother
0: in trouble. This is gonna be a huge theme for at least the forecoming seasons. <laughs> <laughs> when Sam is possessed by Gladriel, was it? And when Sam Galadriel. is recovering Gadrillus drill. when Sam is soulless, and he's gonna worry about his brother, when, uh, is- Ruby, 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 Ruby! Ah! (laughs) Yes! Well, that's in the next four seasons. Oh, I fucking love Ruby. Ruby, 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 Ruby! Ah. (laughs) Alright, yes, he's gonna worry about Sam a lot.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: This is a little one, but costumes! Two episodes in a row! What the
1: fuck? Yay! Two episodes of costumes! I really like this costume. I mostly like this costume because of the blooper where they say they're from (laughs) Chippendales.
0: Yes, I think this costuming is famous for two reasons. One, the Chippendale, and and two, I think it's the first time we see them being ridiculous Mm. and all out in their costuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean in the future we'll see them go undercover as yoga instructors and lunch ladies.
1: So <laughs> Hell yeah. I-, I like this because I think this is where the priest day you start. Real cool. Say that one more time. Real cool. Prieste you. Prieste you. A U <gasps> alternate oh, universe. Oh. Fan fiction. Sure, my brain
0: my brain was hearing it as one word, you Priestai you? Like it was a French word. priest you <laughs> Because like, Hannah, you've been using the subtitles a little too much lately. (laughs) Uh, Yes, the priest alternate universes. Okay, so I give my wife so much shit for her Xena AU fanfic. Mm -hmm. Because Xena fanfic is crazy with their AU. They take their AU to the extremes. But when it comes to my supernatural fanfiction, I almost exclusively read AUs. Hmm. Because I feel like setting it in the canon world of the series is too hard because it's still developing. Mm. And it seems like every season they make it harder and harder and harder <laughs> for
1: Dean to come out as bisexual. I read a college AU with Dean and he was listening to a radio show hosted by Angel. Oh,
0: with his deep voice. Yes,
1: yes. It, it was a good AU.
0: I would recommend anything by Rise of the Fallen One. <gasps> She's so good. The monster definition. This is the second time we've seen what constitutes a monster being questioned. Mm-hmm. And it's a perception of theirs that we will see morph slowly and slowly. And I love how slowly it happens. That by the time you're in season 10 and they're all chummy with Crowley, you're like, Of course, it's fucking Crowley. (laughs) Yeah. Why wouldn't you? (laughs) But at this point, Sam even having anything supernatural, they're like,
1: no! Yeah, I like that our quote-unquote bad guy isn't really a... He has powers, but he's not a monster as we've been established to believe. Mm -hmm. And his reasons are more complicated than most monsters we come across,
0: and we're going to meet monsters who are also complicated and don't deserve to be just killed outright out outright outright outright, <laughs> and we're going to meet some humans who do deserve to be killed outright <laughs> outright yeah I think I think Roger and whatever the name of the daddy was deserved to be killed outright,
1: yeah, Sam using soft voice. <sighs>
0: I do love that pretty much
1: every episode
0: I get to use my Sam soft voice drop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, psychic things is a big theme in the earlier seasons.
0: Yes. We're going to get more and more of them. I, I think that kind of dovetails into the theme I identified of demon kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sam's a demon child and Max is a demon child. We'll meet more demon children as we come along. Watching your brother die. Mm. Huge old theme in this Huge show. Huge theme. Using the word freak is a theme. Our rockstar aliases are a theme. Even though they're priests, they can still be named after people from KISS, of course. Sam and Dean as potential homeowners. I don't know if that's a theme so much going forward, but it wasn't a couple episodes. They were approached as potential homeowners, and then in this episode... Yeah. <laughs> they're homeowners... We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And then this is a theme I didn't really notice until this episode, but families. Yes. Almost always the episode resolves around the supernatural happening to a family. Asylum and Phantom Traveler were the only ones looking back that didn't center on at least one family.
1: Yeah. I I think I said in our first episode that family is the heart of this show. Mm Mm-hmm i guess i just even in the
0: first episode or second episode i said i appreciated how this is a show that starts with family and they continue the family but i think i didn't realize just how persistent each episode was going to be about revolving around at least one family Mm -hmm. it's rarely the supernatural is happening to the single person living in the apartment on 34 west street you know (laughs)
1: Never mind all that, Hannah. What did you hate? And what did you love? I hated Dean not expressing how worried he really is and how badly this is freaking him out. He is so scared. Mm. And I I wish, I mean, I know we can tell, but I wish he could have expressed it.
0: Do you think it would help Sam to know how scared Dean is?
1: I do, I do, because Sam is worried, and Sam is freaking out, and he keeps turning to Dean and wanting reciprocation on that, and and Dean is just brushing it aside, like, oh, it's nothing, it's not going to be anything, it's not going to pan out, it's not going to happen again, like, just in complete denial. And I I feel like Sam deserves more support in this, because he is also scared.
0: I agree to a certain extent Mm -hmm. that... It's good to know that your fears are being validated. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, Dean's doing a bad job of not acknowledging what Sam is experiencing. But in my experience, when people around you are freaking out, they don't need you freaking out with them.
1: Yeah, that is a good point.
0: They need you saying, take a breath, calm down, it will be okay. Mm -hmm. One way or another... It will be okay. And maybe Dean in his own fears overcompensating and going too far in the, in his case, denial and not actual belief. And that's where the problem originates. Because when he says it's going to be okay, he's almost saying that for himself as well. And I think maybe that's why it's the issue. Mm -hmm. Good point. Very good point. I hated the extra complication about the houses. It didn't make any fucking sense. It tripped me up both times. Why did they have to move suddenly five years ago? Why did the brother have to move out of his house and into an apartment, too? Like, they had houses next to each other, and then suddenly they didn't have houses next to each other. And this mattered enough to mention, for some reason, but <laughs> not matter enough to explain why this change happened. Yeah. Was it because the writers didn't want to deal with the extra supernatural complication of bad things happening in this house, and that could murky the waters of... The very unsupernatural reasons why Max was traumatized? I I don't know.
1: I I don't know.
0: Like, both times I watched
1: this episode, it it took me out. I had to stop and go, but why the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) What did you love? I loved the emotional aspect of this episode. It really drew me in. There were times that I forgot to take notes entirely just because I was so focused on the emotional scene.
0: Well, there were a lot of points in this episode where there aren't any notes you can take there aren't any additional things you can say Mm -hmm. i that was my love too i really loved the way they handled max's portrayal of his trauma yes the line that really got me oh fuck every time i've watched this episode is the line that stood out to me he says you're he basically says you're not sorry you just don't want to die yeah and it's like, fuck, that that's, that's so fucking true. If she were really sorry, she would have made some fucking amends. She would have done something different. The fact that the neighbor pointed out that she was the worst. She was the worst for standing by and just letting it happen. Yes. And even if she were also being abused, in the time since her husband's death, in the time in her stepson's adulthood where the abuse was less frequent she could have done something said something been something so when she says at the last second when a knife is next to her eyeball i'm sorry no you're not fucking sorry not now you okay. just don't want to die Ugh. i just take my glasses off throwing them aside rubbing my face fuck that was just
1: so good I mean, I, I already mentioned it, but the, the line that stuck out the most to me was first time in a long time, mm. and, and then he, he repeats it, and, it, uh... Good fucking hard episode. Hard episode.
0: It's so weird, because last episode was also a very hard subject, and they handled it with no grace. Mm-mm. But then this episode, an equally hard subject, and they are able to strike the right tones. mm mm-hmm. I don't know. The show is weird. <laughs> let's just, let's, let's see how weird this show can get. With next time. Next time. On Sisters Talk Brothers. Look around you. It's a beautiful life. Next time, we'll be watching season one, episode 15, The Benders. Ugh. After... Following a history of disappearances in Hibbing, Minnesota, Sam finds himself locked in a cage, and Dean must team up with a by-the-book sheriff to find him before the hunt begins. And that's brought to us by Pete Byrne on IMDb. Thank you, IMDb. So not not our good Amber, but a Pete this time. Thank you, Pete. Hi, Pete. I hope you're listening. Thank you. Why is this episode called The Benders? I don't know. Hey, when we watch this one for next time, <laughs> can we keep an eye out for why it's called The Benders? Because all I can think is going on a bender, which means going out away from the house for a few days to get drunk or high for a really long time.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: That's all I can think
1: for a bender. Now, I, I, I can't think of any relevance for the name, but even though I skipped this episode in my rewatches... It's not a bad episode. It's not a bad episode. It just it not plot relevant. One thing about it, though, it does remind me of a story that uh, me and many other students were made to read in high school called The Most Dangerous Game. Ugh, I hate shit like that. And it was about a man who he would, like, take in these castaways on his island Mm -hmm. and, like, give them a nice room and feed them and all this, and then hunt them. Because he had hunted lions and bears, oh my.
0: Yeah. And no, I hate shit like- I, and I will enjoy this episode because I do like the themes that come up in this episode, but I mm-hmm. hate shit like this. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Give me ghosts, give me vampires, give me all of that shit that isn't actually real. Give me humans and the shit humans will do each, to each other? Fuck, that shit is so fucking real and it could happen to me and any fucking time (sighs) that's the real scary shit right there
1: because monsters for the most part they have a a modus operandi or however you say it they have a set of rules you know they go after you know this for this reason but humans are complicated and conniving and intelligent creatures and they are unpredictable on the bright side though anything will kill a human if you're creative (laughs) enough Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What I remember about this case, the boys are separated, and they have to work the case separately from their very unique perspectives to meet in the middle. Mm -hmm. This is our first time working with the local constabulary, (laughs) and that's really fun, because we'll see them teaming up. Like I said, the themes of this are really good. The boys being separated, coming back, that's a theme. Working with the local cops, that's a theme, good. And maybe there aren't actual monsters here, but these guys are basically future Wendigos. So if you think about it, Mm -hmm. they are fighting future monsters. They're just preventing future Wendigos. Preemptive hunting. Exactly, exactly. It all works. Well, Hannah, I have enjoyed going light deep and dark with you as have i and listeners if you have anything you would like to add to this conversation by all means reach out to us tell us you love us if you tell us you hate us you might not hear back from us (laughs) But you can reach me at Kindle
1: Abroad on Tumblr or on Instagram at Kindle, Kindle, Kindle. And you can find me on Tumblr at Jailbreak Fiend or Everything Overlord. That is my Misha blog on Insta, Jailbreak Fiend. If you
0: want to reach us both at the same time, which is really the most efficient way.
1: It really is.
0: Reach us on Sisters TalkBrothers at gmail dot com. Ooh, or you can reach out to us on our Tumblr at Sisters Talk Brothers. Duh. <laughs> you could have figured that out, couldn't you? You're so smart. Listen you guys up. are so smart. I should have never doubted you. I it really that was that was very condescending of me to even point it out to you. I'll do better in the future. I'll just tell you find us on Tumblr. Okay, I apologize.
1: <laughs> so, tune in next week for More monsters, more brothers, and more sea stars. (laughs) Bye. Adios.
0: Kyle, but not as much. I like the name Ryan, but not as much. But you combine the two into Cayen. I love the name Cayen, And you and Mom made so much fun of me. Because <laughs> what are you going to
1: call him, Cayenne Pepper? <laughs> well, speaking of name combinations, um, another name I had had in mind was uh, Keithan. Because I liked the name Keith, and I liked the name Ethan and Mom really liked the combination of Ethan.
0: Oh yeah, Mom likes every name you make. It's all right. You're so good at names. <laughs> Jeez, Hannah makes all the good names. She can find any two names they want, and they're so great. Hannah makes a name, and it's bullshit.
1: God, I'm really good at naming things. Ruby, 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 Ruby! Ruby. Ah! Do ya, Ah! ya, Ah! ya, ya? Ah!